G'day everybody, Matt Ellis with you for another edition of the Cricket Library podcast and today we have the pleasure of hearing the story of one of the most exciting talents in the WBBL, Maitland Brown. Nick and gone! Another wicket for Brown, she's on fire! A loose shot from Knight. How's your day going when your over consists of knocking over Carey, knocking over Knight? Goes aerial, but this is flat. What a brilliant catch. Maitland Brown diving forward inches above the turf. Maitland Brown on strike to Georgia Elwes. She's got a bit of that. It's long and high and over the head of Lee. A superstar on the field and an award-winning industrial design student off the field. Today, we get to hear the Maitland Brown story on the Cricket Library podcast. It's a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library podcast. Maitland Brown, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. We like to get a bit of a taste of of what life is like uh, for you as a professional cricketer, but all professional cricketers start with a passion for the game somewhere. Where is the passion for cricket origin for Maitland Brown? Um, I sort of accidentally fell into cricket, actually. So when I was um, in primary school, I wanted to play every sport I could for the school. So I was doing netball and athletics and soccer and touch football and um, I decided I'd have a crack at the cricket team. Um, and the only cricket sort of experience that I had was uh, in my Nan and Pop's backyard. Um, and that, that was the only place where I played cricket. And we used to have a, an axe handle for a bat, so just yeah. like a piece of wood, um, and a tennis ball. And we just used the, uh, the little path that led up to the, to the clothesline. And um, Pop was a massive cricket, um, cricket fanatic. His, um, he was one of like one of the Manning Valley's best cricketers and, and his best mate actually, Johnny Martin, he played for Australia. Um oh, so that's wow. sort of the, the cricket connection that I had. Um and apart from that, yeah, I think my uncles played but my mum and dad um didn't play cricket at all. And um yeah, so I decided that I'd I'd try out for the boys cricket team, um, in primary school and there was they kicked up a bit of a stink but um the teacher decided that, that I was pretty good so I uh, I got picked in the team and, and that's where I started playing cricket and um, I then went on to try out for like the Hunter region and um, I kept getting picked in these teams and I only just started playing cricket um, so I thought that I could go pretty far with it um, and I was sort of I didn't think that chick played cricket so I was like oh maybe like maybe I can get a maybe I can um, keep getting picked in teams because there's not that many girls like not thinking like oh yeah I have some skill it was more just like <laughs> There wasn't that many people, so I'd have more of a chance to get in. Um, and then, yeah, I just sort of um, fell into it and and was, yeah, just picked in rep teams and um, found myself eventually in the New South Wales pathway. And um, I made so many friends and, yeah, it was just sort of became part of my life and it was something I really enjoyed um, socially as well. Like, yeah, like, as I said, like I've, I've made so many best friends and, um, and also it was I got into it because I was. I felt like I was pretty good at it, so I felt competitive and, um, yeah. Yeah. So that was my little story. So, um, 
Were you? I wasn't you, a cricket nerd. I didn't have any posters on my oh, wall. Like, mate, like, I was that's so disappointing. With soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually really obsessed with soccer, and I, I had a picture of Marco Bresciano on my, on my wall. I don't know. Yeah, that's just, that's how, that's the truth. That is my truth. Now, um. I'm interested. You mentioned playing at school and the rep teams in school and stuff. Did you did you have a local club? Like you're from Wingham in the, yeah, yeah, the central Wingham north coast. And yeah. and so you're playing with boys in junior cricket? No girls yeah, teams? I played, yeah, there wasn't any girls teams. I actually didn't play um, female. Uh, I didn't play in girls teams until I was maybe like 14 or 15. And even still um, – I played in the men's first grade when I was about 17. Oh, wow. Uh, until I actually, yeah, ended up, well, 17, 18, until I ended up moving to Canberra. Yeah. Well, let's let's just backtrack a little to that under-15s. We had Maisie Gibson on last year, and she was actually your captain in the New South yeah. Wales under-15s. A, a pretty good group uh, in there, the likes of Lauren Smith, who's playing Big Bash, Lauren Cheadle. Yeah, Ash Gardner. Ash Gardner. Uh, Amy Edgar, she played for she played for WA. She's a Western girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There was a. I was actually going through pictures the other day because I was, um, sort of trying to. Yeah. I don't know. Look back and because now that I'm about to play for New South Wales, um, look back at, at my pathway and and I checked out a few people who are in the the squad and it's really funny. It's almost like, um, yeah, we hadn't played together for years and now I'm going to go back into the squad and they're all sort of all still there. Yeah, yeah, a, a great, um, a great coup, I guess, for cricket New South Wales to to lure you back. Um, yeah. Now you you left New South Wales in the first place. The the Breakers had this real dominant era um, of of really strong female teams. Now in twenty sixteen seventeen, I believe Angela Reeks. Um, was someone that you'd had some had, had some had some something to do with and and she twisted a few arms and got you to got you to get the opportunity to go down to Canberra. Can you tell us a bit more about the backstory there? Yeah, well, uh, Angela's a North Coast girl, so we used to uh, play country champs and um, all around, you know, in Grafton and and uh, Lismore and, and uh, Port Macquarie. It was really fun, so I had that connection with Angela there, and and we also played. Uh, grade cricket in Sydney together for the ah, Tigers. Yep. Um, so she obviously saw a little bit in me. Um, and yeah, when she made the move down to ACT, I was sort of in that limbo period where you just come out of underage and there wasn't really um, an academy program at the time. And, and I was, I was yeah doing my HSC, so I wasn't able to head down to Sydney as much because it was still about a four and a half hour trip. So um, I wasn't really, I guess, on the New South Wales radar after underage and uh, I was just, you know, picking up jobs here and there, working as a waitress in, in Wingham and, um, yeah, and sort of potentially twisted an arm of the coach and, and, <laughs> and he gave me a call and I just went down there um, and took a bit of a chance and um, I didn't have a contract so it was, it was a bit hard for me to move down there initially but I proved to them that I was good enough and eventually uh, debuted at the Wacker, which was really cool and, um the following year, got a contract and, and moved down to ACT. So it was really nice um, that they gave me that opportunity early on in my career and, and took a chance. Yeah. Now, going down without a contract, uh, did you feel extra pressure or less pressure, do you think? Like, in some um, ways, it's a bit more enjoyable because, uh, 
when when you're not sort of being paid for your performance, you yeah. can kind of just turn up and have fun and play cricket like you always yeah. did. Um, can, you, can you talk about maybe the differences between being non-contracted and contracted? Yeah, well, as I, uh, I, I guess I didn't really feel any pressure because, um, I don't know, I think I was pretty young and naive and I didn't really take cricket seriously until I was actually debuting, going like, oh, actually, this could be my career. It was always just something that I was really passionate about and it was really fun and and I just, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And I think that sort of clouded the pressure, I guess, which is really nice um, because, yeah, because I was just having so much fun and, um, and I remember because now they've, they've changed it with the MOU that if you play a certain number of games, you get upgraded. So you would obviously have an amount that you could move down and, and live off. But, um, yeah, I didn't have that. So I guess I was still at home. So it didn't really feel like I was, I don't know, um, like a full-on professional athlete. It was just really fun. And I would get, like, um, a going-away allowance, which was only, oh, I don't know, it was maybe, like, a hundred, a hundred and something bucks, and I was like, "This is the best! Like, this is so cool, getting paid." And I took a screenshot of it and sent it to one of my friends. I was like, "Look, I'm getting paid for cricket." And yeah, um, and yeah, so I don't know. It was it was a bit of a soft start because I was just so young and not really um, aware of how big of an opportunity it was. I guess and not, because I was just enjoying it so much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then obviously moving down, that was a really big. That was a big thing because of moving out for the first time. and um, But, yeah, I don't know. I, I just – probably at the time I had pressure or something. But, like, looking back, it was just so fun for me. And I just I just really enjoyed it and never really, um, yeah, felt the pressure, I guess. Yeah, and it, and, and it looks like uh, – this is just the outside looking in. It looks like you've sort of kept that happy-go-lucky kind of – attitude towards the way you play the game you look like someone who's still really enjoying playing cricket yeah well I guess like when you think about it playing sport for a living and having that as your job like it's freaking awesome so <laughs> yeah. I know I just, except the injuries obviously injuries suck but yeah um so so it is also always ebb and flow and and you know like performance if, if you're not performing well it can really affect your mental health and yeah. um yeah, but it's just trying to always just trying to think about the perspective and like the position that you're in playing sport is just really cool. And, and I feel like uh, you've got a pretty good balance there as well. Uh, looking at some of the things you do outside of cricket, was your university degree something that you started while you were in that ACT squad initially, or is uni something you've you've taken up more recently? Um, it was, so I finished school and I was still living at home and, and didn't have a contract or anything. I wasn't even thinking about playing cricket because I, yeah, I didn't have anything. So I was like, oh, I'll just apply. I, I always wanted to go to uni. So I applied for Newcastle and Wollongong and, and got in there, but it was for like media and comms or like a bachelor of arts. And, um, yeah, I guess I, I wanted to have a gap year. So I, I had a bit of a break and, and it was in that break where I got the call for ACT and then I considered actually applying for uni down in Canberra because obviously they're, they're really encouraging to have a plan B because you can't really play sport forever. Yeah. Um, you can't roll the arm over at 50 as a female athlete, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you got to have a backup. And uh, when I was in school, I, I was really passionate about design and tech and, and woodworking and all the real practical hands-on 
making things and um, industrial design was something that um, a teacher mentioned to me. Um, Mr. Keane, shout out to Mr. Keane. He's a, a legend and a mentor for me. And he, yeah, encouraged me to check out industrial design. And so I applied for um, for that at, at UC, the University of Canberra. And, and I ended up getting in like a couple of days and I just applied online. So I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty easy. Like, this seems, <laughs> seems like it was meant to be. Um, so I got in down there and, um, and it was, yeah, it's taken me maybe four years to do the degree. It's only a three-year one, but I sort of had to chop and change between part-time and full-time because um, off-season and, and uh, during season was sort of pretty hectic. Um, and it hasn't felt like I've studied for the last four years because I've enjoyed it so much. It's yeah. just, it was so fun, like, yeah, just making things and and, and learning about really cool um cool tech like we're using a 3d a large scale 3d printer and um and full access to a workshop where you can yeah you can make whatever you want really and i tried to take full advantage of that Uh, and recently i made a dining table which was pretty cool so got that at the new crib yeah um yeah it was just it was awesome and uh finally finished now i'm gonna have a little break yeah um and just sort of uh, I don't really know exactly what I'm gonna do. If if an opportunity comes up, then I'll then I'll give that a crack. But I think I'm just gonna maybe apply for some design competitions and just sort of keep my skills sharp. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, yeah, because um, it, there's really good elements to like the sustainability side of things as well, using recycled materials and turning them yeah. into something practical. Um, and uh. You were given an award. Were you yeah. the ACT's <laughs> Emerging Artist of the Year? Yeah, that's yeah, it was, pretty um, epic in its it, own right. Yeah, it was really cool. Actually, it was um, it was quite interesting timing because I actually got an email after I'd done my hamstring when I was feeling a little bit crappy. Yeah, um, and I got this email from from a tutor saying that I won a couple of awards at uni. And I got to have a piece in the exhibition and, um, and yeah, it was really nice timing because I was feeling obviously a bit down from the injury and, and, um, and that took my mind off it and sort of made me think about the piece that I was going to do for the exhibition and, and sort of channeled my energy into how I can, you know, um, create the thread. It was a 3D printed lounge, which was what I was making. So trying to organize going into the workshop and it was just, it was good because, a silver lining of being injured was that I was able to work on this. And I think if I was training and still playing, I don't think I would have been able to actually put any time into it. Um, yeah. So it's really cool. And it's, yeah, it was, it was nice to have that um, when I wasn't able to do anything physically because yeah, I could just probably sit at a desk and do a couple of computer models and send it off to the 3d printer and wouldn't have to, put my hamstring to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic, classic. Now, uh, just just back on the on the cricket for a little bit. Um WBBL, can you can you give us a little little window into how much that's changed the face of cricket in Australia? That the the, the whole WBBL and what's it like being a part of it? Yeah, I think the the WBBL is awesome. Like, it's such a um, it's such like a family orientated sort of feel. It's really fun for the kids. Um, it's come, it's come a long way as well. Like I feel, you know, we're on TV a lot, so there's a lot more exposure now. Um, 
and there's so many opportunities for um, for young girls, you know, um, because some you know New South Wales have two teams and big, big have two teams, so there's obviously spots for girls who play grade cricket to sort of come through. And I think WBBL was actually how it sort of kick-started my career. I, I um, after playing a season of with the Renegades uh, in BBL, WBBL 02, um, heaps of heaps of opportunities and like exposure came out of that, and you know you play so many games and um, and the pressure's on, so so little things can happen and makes it really exciting and yeah, I know it's it's awesome. I love being a part of it. It's so fun as well. Um, I think I think I I think with the compared to the to the male um, to the BBL, I should say. Um, I feel like the WBBL is more intimate. You know, you can get access to the players a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and we play it at community grounds, which is really nice because it's really easy to find parks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, you know, everyone can go sit on the hill and and have a bit of a picnic. It's not like this huge stadium. But at the same time, like playing in huge stadiums is freaking awesome as well. But yeah. as a product, it just feels more intimate and, and um, yeah, and really fun. And you got the chance to go overseas uh, to it. One of our former guests, Piper Cleary, uh, went on this tour with you as well. Back in, oh, she is a legend. High, (laughs) high levels of respect at the Cricket Library for Piper Cleary. She's great. Twenty eighteen tour of India. Had you uh, a young girl growing up in Wingham? Did you ever think you'd be in India playing cricket? No, (laughs) no, no way. Did you think Um, you'd be in India at all? Probably not, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm an adventurous, so maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, India was actually the second country that I had been to, um, the first being Sri Lanka the year before. Yeah. Um, so just hit the subcontinent straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was pre- which was a pretty, sh- like, shock to the system because it's really, obviously really different to Australia. And, um, and, yeah, you can see some pretty epic things. But, yeah, India was, India was really cool. It was... Um, I remember the preparation for India. We had to um, go to the sauna like once or twice a week just to prepare for the heat because um, obviously India is bloody hot um, all the time as well. Like there's no oh, lovely morning freshness or an evening cool breeze. It's just hot constantly. So we, we did a few sauna sessions to prepare for that. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool. Was, yeah, I had Piper Cleary and, and Tali McGrath. We were like a little... Um, pack there and we'd go exploring together and, and catch tuk-tuks um, oh. to a few places and and yeah it was awesome like I think my favorite part was the food actually yeah. we went we found this one restaurant which did the most epic cheesy naan bread and oh, yes. it was just so good um yeah and I, I went bed to over there actually um which was interesting because uh, I didn't really I didn't want to have to I didn't want to miss a game just because I was stuck on the loo. Yeah, um, so yeah. I just thought I'd just eat veggie and um, yeah, it was it was really cool. It was it was surprisingly the playing conditions weren't that different. Like we we ended okay. up getting really really good pitches. Yeah. Um, in preparation though, we were on the subcontinent wicket um, up at the MCC in Brisbane, which was yeah pretty much dirt and you'd bowl it. And I was practicing like this this um, change up where I'd sort of hold it like an offie and try to like rip it and, and um, 
and landed on the side of the ball. Yeah, so yeah. it was like really skid, and it was really effective on the um, on the subcontinent wicket. So that was like a cool change up that I just. I don't know, just came up with because I was playing around and trying to hit the side of Steve. So, um, and it was really effective over there, which is really cool and, and, um, some different. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was, it was awesome. And, and we obviously got to play against, um, India, which was, which was a great challenge. Um, I can't remember exactly how we went, but I don't think we were far off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it we was, we might have to go awesome. back and have a look it. through the, I live, uh, yeah, look at the archives. archives I live at the in a uh, in the floppy hat actually, and I still have it. Yeah, in this yellow, this yellow floppy. It's got like red dirt on it still. Um, and actually, funny story because I loved that hat, right? And yeah. it was um maybe like last year, my kit, my Aussie kit, was in my car in uh, in Canberra, and my car got broken into, and they took my whole kit, and oh, I didn't no. have any bats or anything like that. And I was devo because I wanted this floppy because it was so like, it was, yeah, it was special to me because it came to India and it had this red dirt, it was real crappy, but it, it was like molded to my head perfectly. Yeah. And I was like, damn it, like, I just wanted the floppy, like I can get the pads and all that, you know, replaced. And um, anyway, then I sort of forgot about it. I was also pissed that my car window was smashed. So yeah. I had to fix that. Um, and then... I stopped parking where where it was and and was parking up and and I room, I was living with Katie Mack at the time and she um, maybe two weeks later went down to the underground car park and was like hey your kit's here and I was like what what do you mean it was like two weeks later after the break in like my cricket kit like the, the one that I've been using she's like no no your Aussie kit it's back and I'm like bull anyway we go downstairs and the Aussie kit is there. And it's sitting in the car park where I used to park the car. And I opened the bag and lo and behold, the floppy's still there. Oh, and everything good. else was there. It was untouched. And I still have the floppy to this day. So the conscience police so, must have got to someone's conscience. <laughs> and, uh, and also, oh, when I went and toured with um, the Aussie girls in Brizzy, I was going through the kit because I was obviously packing it for that tour. And I hadn't looked at it since the break-in and there was glass all through it so I had to get the vacuum and it was like <laughs> like sucking up all the glass oh. from the break-in and I took it up there I was like wearing the wet hat and I'm like oh this got broken this got stolen but it's back and they're like that's so gross like you never know who was wearing that I'm like oh, doesn't matter like <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah. got completely tanned in there but uh that's yeah the What's story it? of the yellow poppy. Probably a pretty good segue, actually. Uh, speaking of Australian kits, when your phone rings and it's Sean Flegler, is is that a routine thing? Would you normally be getting a call from Sean every now and then about something, or? Yeah, uh, I do get a phone call every now and then from uh, from Flegs, but yeah, when I got the phone call recently um, to tell me that I was picked in the Aussie squad um, in September, I was not expecting it. It was because you know we we just come out of. Corona, um, yeah. the season was like so unknown. There wasn't any any trial matches or anything. Like the last cricket that I played was um, in, I think, WNCL or Big Bash the season before. So yeah. um, it was completely out of the blue. And I think that's what made it, that's what made, I don't know, I guess made it really emotional and really nice. Yeah. Um, because it was so like unexpected. Because usually, usually when it comes to a tour, like they've got a date, a selection date after a camp or something and then there's always a lot of like anxiety and 
and build up and stress and then um, and then obviously let down when you don't get a phone call or yeah. um, something like that. So it was there wasn't any sort of build up emotion. It was just sort of out of the blue. I was actually in one of my classes um, on Zoom and I was meant to present a, a concept that I'd like come up with. Um, yeah. And I was in the shoot and I'm like, hey, uh, I'll be right back. Like I'll present my idea after. Sorry, I just really need to take this phone call. Yeah. And I took it, and then obviously it was like, I was like, hey, Milan, uh, you've been selected. And then I just like lost my shit and just started <laughs> crying. And I was just an emotional wreck. And um, and I went back to the to the class, and I like unmuted and like went on the camera. And I was like, my face is red. I look shocking. I'm like, I just, I just need a minute. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> and I left. And I thought everyone was like, "Oh, dude, like, is she okay?" Like, Ugh. Yeah. um. And then I, I went back to my class. I was like, "Oh, I just got picked for Australia. Um, I'm just really happy about it. Sorry about that." And then I presented my concept, and afterwards, instead of being like, "Yeah, so I think you should change the color or the form isn't just right," like that. Sorry, can you just repeat what you said? You got picked for Australia, and they just wanted to talk about that. So, oh, how cool! That was really funny and and really cool. Yeah, and what was yeah. what was it like uh, having a chance to be with the best of the best? For... It was awesome. It was seriously the best. Like I tried to take full advantage of everything. Like you know, asking questions, hanging out with everyone. Like yeah, trying to get in. Yeah, trying to do as much as possible <laughs> and try to yeah, uh, just get amongst it as much as I could and make the most of it. And I feel like I did, and it was so awesome to be a part of and obviously I didn't get to debut but um just being able to be in the environment um and make you know make new friendships was also really special and um I guess when I eventually do get the cap it's going to be really sweet (laughs) and and do you feel like having that experience to be in the group did it help you to realize that you you're probably not very far away like you're getting the chance to bowl to Meg and you you're getting getting the chance to be in and around the best of the best and and execute, albeit in yeah. a training environment. Yeah. But you kind of you can kind of almost smell it that you, you're nearly there. Yeah, yeah. I guess that made it a little bit frustrating knowing that I didn't event didn't get to go on the field. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess yeah, being able to challenge myself against the likes of Meg Lenning and Rachel Haynes and and Alyssa Healy in the nets like was awesome in it. In its um in itself and yeah being able to be surrounded by the best sort of brings you up to your best as well and I felt like I was at the peak and and I was really excited going into Big Bash and the rest of the season but obviously that didn't go to plan yeah <laughs> and that you, and, and that was a but, um, a batting incident yes yes um that's it's really annoying that that was a batting incident yeah. but um yeah I don't know things happen for a reason and. Um, I think seeing, you know, being able to be with Aussie squad in that September period and then seeing them go on tour whilst I was injured and yeah. um, that made me sort of realise how much I actually really wanted to be a part of the squad. So, it's, I don't know, it's really exciting for me coming into this new season knowing that I've got so much energy and drive. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it looks like, uh, just from following your socials, it looks like you've been working really hard off the field, getting your body 
back to peak condition so that that you're ready and raring to go. I understand too. You you, you um you yeah. had had a had a chat to Elise Perry because she because you were you were almost sort of in for her when she was out with a similar yeah. kind of injury. Um, how has how has she been able to help you? Yeah, so obviously we had um, pretty much the same injury. So it was, and she was also in the hub at the time. Um, oh. So I was really able to sort of access her, and um, yeah, it was just really nice to sort of chat to her and um, you know ask her little little things, especially going into surgery because I was a little bit nervous for that. And yeah, um, yeah, I guess. And then she just sort of been checking up with me every now and then. It's just nice to know that. You know, someone's just looking out for you because they've been through the same thing so they're feeling they know how you feel and um, can relate so it's really nice to have that connection and is it a bit of a Maitland Brown thing to stay in the hub I love the fact that you stayed oh. in the hub and that you were you were kind People of thought I was mad well you kind <laughs> of like it's one of those things where I feel like sometimes um, if if you removed yourself from there I feel like you're the kind of personality that thrives on being around people so yeah like you kind of you could take some photos and have a bit of banter and although although you're not playing I didn't watch any cricket let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) so you're not a good watcher not a good watcher no I um so obviously yeah I did the interview during the during the season and um I well, there was a couple of reasons why I stayed in. One of them, um, obviously, the convenience. Like I was, I couldn't really do much. Like I was on crutches. I wouldn't. I couldn't drive. Um, so I was able to have every meal there for me. Like I could have people drive me around. Um, but also, like the social side of it, as you said, like I'm the kind of person that thrives off being around people, and um, and all my friends were in the one place, and I was sort of enjoying it. Yeah. When I wasn't injured anyway. And yeah, I just thought, you know, it, it would it kept me distracted, like taking my mind off the fact that I was out for six months. Yeah. Um, because I was able to just have banter with my mates and watch movies and um, you know, support my team, um, take pictures. I tried to get I tried to do what I could, obviously, um, without putting my hammy in jeopardy. So uh yeah, I got the camera out and I sort of go around training and have some banter. I'm like, give me a pose. Come on, work it, girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just sort of try to. Obviously, we were also struggling with the renegades, and I wanted to try and help where I could. And if that was just to sort of bring morale up by being a bit of an idiot, then then that's sort of all I could do. You know, like I couldn't really throw balls or like um, or anything like that, skill wise. Yeah. But yeah, if I could just sort of have a chat and, and keep them relaxed and just still be a part of the team because. I felt like once I left the bubble, I would be outside that whole circle and yeah. seeing my team from afar or um, I just wouldn't feel a part of it. Um, so I just I just wanted to be a part of it still. Like that, that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I just wanted to be a part of it and help where I could. And um, and I love the Renegades girls. Yeah. And they're still my best friends. So it was, it's really nice. Um, but I remember when I left the hub um, – it was just me and I was so like, I was so down and like, I was just thinking like, oh, I can't do this. Like, I can't do that. Everyone's on holidays. Like everyone's doing this. And it was just, cause there was just so much time to think. Yeah. So it was just really, it was just really hard. 
Um, but then obviously the design stuff came into into the picture and, and um, I was immediately focused on that. Um, yeah. yeah, which was really nice. And then and then time passed and I was able to get stuck into rehab and I'd pre I've been really bloody busy with that, like yeah. since um since maybe just before Christmas. Um, I've been going pretty hard with it, so um, I'm feeling really good. And, and you look like you almost enjoy the gym, physical kind of training stuff, or you it yeah, appears I love that you it. do. Yeah, you, you you get you get a bit of a kick out of it. Love the games. Yeah, yeah no, it's really good. It's really nice just to just to smash little goals and and feel like you're making progress. Um, you know, especially when I was when I was returning to run, like moving from a stationary drill where I was just strengthening my hip flexor to a bit of an A drill where I was like doing some skips and then going from skips to like a bit of an acceleration and an acceleration to like full on sprinting and and then doing fitness sessions. Like, yeah, just feeling like I'm kicking goals and progressing and also feeling really good whilst I'm doing it is, yeah, is why I love it so much. And this season you're back in blue. You, I'm you, back in the sky blue. Yeah, the yeah yeah the breakers big recruit. Um, <laughs> and and is it fair to say like I don't you I think you turn is that the title of this podcast? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 can talk An about that. Exclusive yeah, with yeah yeah the, the the big the big signing I, I the big recruit I like that. Um now um you're. It's you're at an interesting age because you're sort of only twenty three, twenty four, and then you've got the the likes of uh, Stella Campbell, Emma Hughes, yeah. some of, some of these young girls coming through um, that would view you as a bit I of like the to experienced think campaigner. As a young girl still though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think you can still. I have TikTok. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think that you're very young, and uh, you, you're almost at the time in your career where you. are um, it's a really exciting time for it, particularly for a fast bowler. Yeah. Um, uh, the next next sort of four years are, uh, are when we'll see the best of you. Um, and what's it like coming back to New South Wales? Yeah, it's really exciting actually. Um, yeah, as we as I mentioned earlier, I was looking back at pictures of of when I was in the pathway and and thinking um, how nice it was to sort of like come back to my roots, I guess, and um, being able to to play with some of my teammates who I played alongside um, in under 15s and under 18s is also really nice. But um, yeah, I guess it's just, it's going to be really exciting to have a bit of a change as well. Like new staff. Um, one of my, one of the main reasons obviously is being able to work with Ben Sawyer, yeah. um, who was an Aussie fast bowling coach and, and he yeah took my game to the next level last season. So being able to access him consistently for a whole season, like that's just, was for me a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, for the move. Yeah. No. Great. Yeah. Op- great opportunity. And uh, on the international front, there are some exciting times ahead as well. So plenty of motivation. Twenty twenty-two. Yeah. Like you've got That's Ashes, World Cup, uh, Commonwealth Games, T Twenty World Cup, and before that, um, India coming over as well for a bit of a series. So plenty of reasons to be getting yeah. out there for New South Wales and putting your name forward yeah yeah definitely that it looks like it's going to be a big couple of um big season or two coming up so there's plenty of opportunities 
we all can't bowl in every single game. So surely a fast bowler is going to have to have a little. Yeah, Sorry, that's. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been a big motivation. Um, you know, going through my rehab, especially at times where I felt like I had no motivation, trying to remind myself um, about the FOMO that I had uh, on the most recent tour when the girls went over to New Zealand and and the feeling that I felt when I was a part of the group. Um, yeah, trying to trying to think of of those times that have kept me going and. Um, yeah, I guess knowing how big of a season um, is coming up also is a big motivator. Yeah, and, and you're feeling like your body's in the condition to sort of hit those speeds that you were hitting in the WBBL before you were injured, sort of hitting that sort of that 120. Um... Yeah, I'm really hoping so. Um, I'm feeling really strong and I've been working on um, my running techniques. Hopefully I'm uh, running in a bit quicker as well. Yeah. Um, but it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting. I haven't actually bowled yet. Um, in all my rehab, but I'm bowling on Monday for the first time. And at the beginning of the season, it's always a bit of a soft start. Like you come off five steps and then you go 10 steps and then yep. sort of work your way. Everyone does that um, because you can't just go from zero to a hundred because your back can't take that. Um, so it's nice to know that we're sort of all starting um, at the same level, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't really know what to expect, but um, I don't expect to lose much pace if I if I am going to lose pace. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't think I don't think I will. To be honest, I'll, I'm feeling bloody good. Oh, that's and good. I'm also very motivated. So I think I'll just yeah, I'll just run in a bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> and and is the biggest disappointment about leaving Canberra? I noticed the uh, Meteors girls had their first frosty time trial the other day. Oh, are, are you going to miss those? Not missing the the seven degrees. Uh, morning yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah i guess i sort of i uh snuck out of camera just before winter hit but um yeah it was it was really interesting and, and really challenging the last few years um being with the mets in pre-season especially because of the of the weather yeah. um i remember we once actually ran a 2k time trial which is like our fitness test mm. um in minus minus seven oh, um gross. one morning and it was hell like i've never felt <laughs> so bad in my entire life and so cold. It was, I think I ran like two minutes later than what I should have because I was just like, my body was not coping. But um, yeah, apart from the preseason winter, I actually am going to really miss playing with the Mets because they were, they were a family to me for the last four years. And um, yeah, and it was, it was a really nice environment to be a part of. Um, But yeah, I guess, yeah, moving on to New South Wales and, um, yeah, and just having a bit of a change, I think, is going to be really good for me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the city life in Sydney. Yeah, the bit of city hustle life. And bustle. Damn, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss the Canberra traffic, which <laughs> didn't exist. <laughs> uh, Going to Sydney and and the lack of roundabouts in Sydney probably a concern yeah, for you as well. Yeah, the lack of roundabouts. I know. <laughs> What do you do when it's red? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. now we we better let you go. I understand you've got an important game of golf coming up today. I uh, do. I've got to practice. I'm playing with Midge next week, so oh, I need to get sharp. You need I'm to, a bit nervous. You need to get really sharp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you need to yeah. soften her up with a bit of chin music in the net. Could be a couple of, you know, like there could be like a, uh, a net session throwdown for a couple of hours, whoever loses. 
Yeah. Online, so oh, I'll have to get sharp so she can throw me balls. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of net sessions. So I can make the Aussie squad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You've got to get pressed for that all-rounder status. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of lot of lot of upsides to that. Now, um, speaking of nets, our hardest hitting, um, most re- most recognised question around the world, if Maitland Brown was going to the nets and she could invite anyone, you, you got an open open invitation yeah. to anyone. They can they can be um, people that are no longer with us. So Don Bradman, he 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 gets a run at a few of these. Yeah, these yeah, nets. Yeah. Um, who who have you got? Who, who's Maitland oh got at the nets? I was having this discussion earlier and I was really struggling, but look, let's just see what happens. So okay, I'm gonna go. Look, we'll, we'll start off with a cricketer. Okay, yeah. So this is my first cricketer that I that I was like that I knew of. Really, I guess this is like um, someone who I looked up to. Um, not not particularly because of his skill, but because of his look. So it was Andrew Simons. Oh, um, yes. And I just, I loved his zinc. Like that's what got me <laughs> over the line with him. So it'd be Andrew Simons because of his zinc. And, um, and I'd have him there because I want him to teach me his ways of, of zinc application. Um, yeah. thickness, you know, texture, whatever it, whatever it may be, just to get that perfect, um, that zinc coverage. Uh, <laughs> and also maybe a couple of fishing tips of him. Yeah. Um. We just we actually just went camping and we were fishing and we got nothing. So I need I need some tips. Um, off Roy. Okay, Roy. So Roy, if you're listening, get in touch because this needs yes. to happen. Okay. So we have got one. That's good. That's good. Right. <laughs> um. Ooh, okay. This is where it gets a bit tricky. Um. I'm gonna go with Crystalia, the comedian. Okay. Yeah. Just because of the banter. Because I think he'd be really funny. Just, I don't think he, he's an American, and I don't. I think he would have zero idea about cricket. Um, so I'm not having him there for skills. I'm just having him there to to talk rubbish. Okay. Basically. Yeah. Just to so, bring up the vibe. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, and then I've got to go with my gal Stevie Nicks, and once again, she'd have zero idea about cricket. But Stevie Nicks, I, I'm yeah, pretty Stevie sure. Nicks. I'm, I'm pretty sure Stevie Nicks actually was the entertainment at an Alan Border Belinda Clark medal no. night. I think I, I, I'm going to go back. Me? No, no wait, I'm not, isn't I'm, that the Cricket New South Wales Awards night? No, no, no. The 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 Alan Border. Oh wait, the big one. The, sorry, I was thinking of Steve Waugh. Yeah, me. no, the big one. I'm I'm fairly certain. Holy. Stevie Nicks was on stage. Now I know it's not as good as. Potentially Katy Perry at the T Twenty nah, World Cup, nah, it's but way better. I'm sorry, but like Stevie Nicks is the ultimate queen. So uh, after we finished here, I'm going to have to go back through the archives and and see if I can find that. I, I'm I'm thinking sort of maybe around 2014, 15, uh, somewhere around there. But leave that with the I librarians. Was, oh That's amazing. I was very blessed to see Fleetwood Mac recently. Oh wow! Um, on their most recent tour, and it was like it was an out of body experience seeing Stevie Nicks. Yeah, she's got stage. an incredible voice. Incredible. She's voice. great. So, what a woman! So is she? Is so she gonna? Go. Is she gonna provide some entertainment at the nets? Entertainment. Or is she... Just, just the, I don't know, just her presence. I think that's all that's needed. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. And um, just before we finally go, Maitland. Um, chance for you to 
give a bit of a plug to one of your side hustles. I know you. I know you've got your six stitch design. Oh yeah, some, at six stitch design on Instagram. Check it out. Yeah, make sure we check that out. Anywhere else people should be following you or? Um, I'm starting. This is this is um in the. It's it's starting like I'm I'm okay. about to start it up. It's called Cutting the Loop. Cutting and it's, the um, loop. it's a yeah creative like rug making. Oh, is it your Simpsons? That's my rug. Bart Simpson. Yeah, that was a rug. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but like the cutting the loop is actually, um, it's really nice. I sort of have been working on it recently. Um, I guess like the purpose behind it and the cutting the loop is actually for me. It's like cutting that negative feedback loop that occurs um, in your life or in for me elite sport that. You know, if you're performing really poorly and you sort of like keep going around and around in this sort of um, cycle, and for me, I'm cutting the loop on that and getting having something creative um, as an outlet for me to sort of relax and and get back to a really clear headspace. So that's um, and also like it's sort of a fun play on the machine that I use, which is a cut pile machine. So it's yeah. like it cuts the loop of uh, of the yarn that I use to make the rug. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in early stages and I haven't really posted much or anything really on the Instagram, but um, yeah, that's coming up, Cutting the Loop. Cutting the Loop. That's that's worth looking out for. Well, thank you so much, Maitland. I've had heaps of fun chatting with you today and wish you all the best for a big season with the Breakers. Looking forward to that. And um, looking forward to teeing up this net sometime. And, and finding out <laughs> yeah. if Stevie Nicks was actually, in fact, yeah. at one of those award ceremonies. I'm, I'm fairly certain she was, but we'll, we'll confirm That's that. Um, yeah, thanks so much for being on the Cricket Library podcast. No worries. Thank you. Thanks so much. A massive thanks to Maitland Brown for being so generous with her time and sharing lots of great stories. How about that story about a kit getting stolen and the glass in the kit? That was a classic. Also, going full circle, coming back to New South Wales. That's great news for New South Wales cricket fans. Maitland Brown back in the sky blue and hopefully more opportunities for Maitland to represent in the Australian colours in the future. She's been in that squad. We'd love to see her crack it and make it into the Australian women's cricket team at some stage in the future. Plenty of great opportunities coming up for Maitland Brown in her cricket career and an absolutely outstanding net selection choice, Andrew Simons, Chris Galea, and we can confirm it was in fact Stevie Nicks at the 2006 Allen Border Medal Ceremony. I was thinking a little bit later than that. It feels like just yesterday, but... Maybe Maitland can chat to some of the older players in the group and find out a bit more about that performance from Stevie Nicks there at the Allen Border Medal. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. A massive thanks to all of our loyal listeners and all of you who do subscribe. If you don't subscribe already and you like today, please hit the subscribe button. Plenty of great episodes in the back catalogue for you to have a listen to as well, including recently Dan Marsh... Paul Adams, and then if you go back in time a little bit, the likes of Maisie Gibson, uh, Tim Ludeman, plenty of others in there as well. Ryan Harris, former Australian fast bowler, Ryan Harris in the mix there as well. And you can enjoy all of those by finding the Cricket Library podcast on your favourite podcast provider. This has been 
Matt Ellis for the Cricket Library podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye for now.